Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you're thinking, wow, Ashley, did you really lose your voice for your 100th episode? The answer is, are you surprised? Is anybody surprised? I feel like if you have been listening to this podcast long enough, then you know this is exactly the kind of thing I would do. Get so excited, be talking for so long about the 100th episode, and then lose my fucking voice. (laughs) But you already know I'm embracing it. Like, this is who I am. She's a hot fucking mess, and we love it. We live to see it, and I am who I am. And you know what? I was not going to stop myself from doing this 100th episode. I have been so excited about this. And, you know, it's been like a whole fucking journey to get here. And, of course, like... I'm just so excited to get to sit here and do this episode. We are doing it no matter what my voice sounds like. Listen, you've been listening now for 100 episodes. You know what I sound like, and I just needed to switch it up. They always say you should keep your relationship spicy, okay? I'm just keeping it spicy. This is like how some people do role play. Like, this is my version of role play with you all. I didn't mean for it to get sexual right here in the front of the 100th episode, but it's happening. And basically, I just want to keep you on your toes by giving you a brand new voice for this 100th episode. And basically what happened was like all week last night, last night, (laughs) someone can get her all week last week, I discovered that I have really bad allergies. I wasn't sure if I was like sick or what, but I took a bunch of allergy medication. I read all these articles about basically the Campbell area. Like I moved, you know. Like I moved and I am embracing a new area. There's lots of trees here. I'm right by a park. So basically like all the pollen just came for me like a little bitch. And the reason I know for sure that it was allergies, I have taken several COVID tests. They've all been negative. I did different brands and everything. You know what I mean? And basically like I got to San Francisco this weekend and I got out of the car and I felt totally fine. I was like, oh, fucking K. Like, it's just the Campbell air coming for me. It's like, listen, you moved from San Jose whatever years ago, and now you think you can walk back in here like nothing fucking happened. But no, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to give you allergies. Fuck you. It's like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. So anyways, um, basically, I was feeling better. And then I celebrated one of my girlfriend Shayna's birthday and we went on a boat and you know me fucking hype woman express over here. I was like singing and yelling and I feel like I did this to myself. So I tried to like really keep it cool today. I didn't like I tried to not talk at any meetings, um, which is hard for me because I love my opinion to be heard. And so anyways, um, I tried to rest up for this big moment, but we're still here. We're doing it. We love it. I have the most extra shit around me right now. So I was thinking about how I obviously wanted to post about the 100th episode. I was like, am I going to do that basic bitch shit where I get like 
the letter balloons. And it's like, yes, you are. Like, what the fuck are you even thinking that you're not going to do that? For your thousand download thing, I got like myself a fucking cake with candles. Like, just embrace it. So I ordered them off Party City. They were stupid fucking expensive. They were like $50. And I was like, whatever, fuck it, we're doing it. Celebrate you, bitch. This is like the only good thing you have going. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but not really. Um, I was like, this is so exciting. I'm so proud of myself. Listen, spend the money on you. So I did it. And I don't know what size I thought they were going to be, but they are so fucking big. I tried to make them like the background when I, you know, because when I record the little clips, which I haven't been posting a, li a lot lately because she's been off her game, but she's back. Listen, when I said she is risen around Easter, that was nothing in comparison to the bitch that's coming out right now. I have been so annoying. Literally, <laughs> I have been so annoying. I love when this happens to me. I am an emotional roller coaster and I live for my own personality. Honestly, I am my own fan. I'm into it. I will be like sad bitch probs and then finally it snaps and I get out of it. And oh my God, the feeling. It's so good. It was probably my dad literally telling me to get my shit together. It might have been that. Listen, I was just calling him to tell him I was like feeling sad and he was not in the mood. He was like, get over it. I was like, I don't know. I'm still kind of sad about Scotland. He's like, OK, well, I think you just have to get over it. And I was like, OK, <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's OK. We'll just get over it. because That's how it works, which, you know, obviously we're still on the journey. But that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that I'm celebrating myself. So I brought these giant ass balloons. They literally don't even fit in the screen. I cannot wait to do a full blown photo shoot. I don't know if I've been doing it tonight after I record or tomorrow, but either way, these uh, pictures better be badass because I spent 50 fucking dollars on these balloons and they deserve their moment. So if you don't follow me on Instagram already and you didn't already like the what I can only already imagine, the extra ass photos that I posted with these hundred balloons, please do. Um, I am at Ashley Sleek. That's Ashley with two E's, baby. You already know. So anyways, make sure you're following me on all social media platforms. I have the goal of hitting 5,000 TikTok followers by the end of this year, and I'm at 3,000 right now. So if you want to follow me there too, let's get all that hype out in the beginning. Also in the beginning of the podcast, I feel like I have to talk about last week's episode because it got cut off at the end. So shout out to Julie for being the only person to address this with me. Love you. Um, but I mean, no shade to anyone else. But maybe you guys just thought I was done talking and I stopped. But basically that whole hairdresser story has like an entire second half and it's super fucking juicy. Well, not like super juicy, but it is interesting. And I can't believe it just like got cut off like that. So if we have time at the end of this episode, I will give you guys the recap of what happened at the end of last episode. Um, but I didn't want to do it up front because I really want the 100th episode to like have its fucking moment. I needed to have its moment. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do today. And of course I was putting so much fucking pressure on myself. I was like, you should do a big announcement, like make some big change, you know? And there's all these projects, little projects I've been working on for the podcast, but none of them are really in the position where I am ready to share them. So I was like, why put all this pressure on this? And why not just like celebrate the moment? like? It doesn't need to be this thing that I stress over. It needs to be this thing that I celebrate. We don't have to stress over every big celebration in our life. This is just so 
exciting. So I thought a couple things for this episode. I really wanted to kind of like go back through. I think I've told a lot of like little pieces of my story and how I got here, but I'd really love to like kind of hash it all together. But first, I went back and listened to my very first episode of this podcast, episode one. It was 22 minutes long, which we've come a long way from that. And it was so funny. I was going to like add clips in, but I think I'm just going to like run down the things that were so fucking hilarious um, to this episode. And I like I literally kick it off by saying that I hope I can commit to this podcast. And I was like, you know, I, I forgot that I had had an old podcast called The Ashley Sleek Show. And then I changed it to I'm Sorry What, which if you don't know, I'm Sorry What was actually first a YouTube series that I had. So um, and I'll talk about this in my full life story. But just as a little tidbit, it was um, this YouTube channel that I loved and now I brought to be the podcast. And I'm so excited to tell Ashley from November of 2019 that you do, in fact, keep doing this podcast and you actually love it. And was it 2019? It might have been 2020. I feel like I might have like gave myself too much credit. I don't know. I'm really bad at years math, like really fucking bad. I cannot like I think I celebrated my 10 year anniversary like a year early or something like that. And I'm just I can't count. But anyways, it will be three years this year. I know that. So you all can do the math for me on that one. But anyways, I would love to tell her that, hey, you are going to do the podcast and you are going to get a new streaming service called Captivate, which you love. And in one year, you will have had over 4,000 downloads of this podcast. Like, I remember being so excited just trying to hit 1,000, and we are over 4,000 now. So thank you all so much for listening to this podcast and getting me to 100 for the OGs who have been here since day one. I love you. To everyone who has picked up along the way, I love you too. And I'm so fucking excited to be here and do this. So I love the episode one. And one of the things I know I talk about a lot on this podcast that has been really fun is watching how much I've changed since like in the duration of this podcast. So obviously at this time I was dating Jimmy. I said in there, I said, you know, I've never claimed to be a good girlfriend. And I was so floored by that comment. I was like, oh my God, want to talk about me being like a completely different person. The one thing I can say about Scott and I's relationship is that I genuinely, genuinely think I was a good girlfriend. I can't say I was perfect. Obviously, there was a lot of things like looking back that I wish I would have done differently or not like a lot of things. There's just some things that I feel like I held back on or, you know, I feel like the longer we would have dated, the more I would have been able to become that person, but I don't think I ever would have become the person that I was in that past relationship. And that isn't because of Scotland per se. There are a lot of things obviously that he really helped with, but it's because of me. Like I've done so much and you know, it's one of those things where we always talk about how you can't really tell someone in the moment in the relationship, like, hey, this is wrong. Or like when you're in it, you're like, this all makes sense. This is totally normal. It's like, no, it's not. It's not normal. If you feel like every day you are less and less happy with that person or you're saying shit like I'm a crap girlfriend because you guys are like fucking fighting all the time and you're angry for 
like very valid reasons, it's the wrong relationship. And it's like, that's why I talk about how, you know, I have no regrets with Jimmy. Like it lasted a little bit longer than it should. And there were plenty of times that we should have broken up. I mean, the stingray being numero uno. Listen, if you get stung by a stingray, your blood gets poisoned and you're in the emergency room and they're like, hey, you could die. And your boyfriend's in San Diego for no fucking reason other than a vacation. And he doesn't want to drive up to see you after you just had that level of trauma. Break up with him. Break up with him. No, absolutely not. So anyways, um, it, it was just really funny to hear me say that because I was like, oh, my God, that's so not me anymore. And it made me sad that I was like like that. But it's okay, girl. You own back that. Because I, I remember people always saying to me, like, you're such a good friend, but, like, you're a really mean girlfriend. And I was like, that's because I was unhappy. Like, I'm not normally like that. I'm a great girlfriend. Ugh. Just so everyone knows. Listen, if you're single and listening to this podcast, that's another one of my favorite parts about this, like, journey. Is in the duration of this podcast, I have literally been, like, single like a relationship single relationship single it's like it just it's been a fucking journey and I remember whoring myself out on the podcast before I mean like hi I'm single if you are looking um but I'm back I am single if you want to send this podcast off to your single friends and be like hey I know this girl she has this amazing podcast she doesn't always sound like a raspy small child hit her up. She's extra, but she's fun. Actually, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say she's extra, but she's fun. I should say she's extra and she's fun. We should really be proud of being extra ass bitches because I fully fucking support that. So anyways, the other funny thing about the podcast was hearing about the celebrity stories I was talking about. Like on the podcast, I was talking so much shit. Episode one about how Kourtney Kardashian said she was going to leave keeping up with the Kardashians. And at the time I was like, bitch, this is all you have. Like, okay. You think Poosh is going to get you somewhere. And who would have known that Courtney's like storyline is one of the reasons people watch the new series, the Kardashians, like her story is so interesting. Like it's got, it's, it's listen, this series is really fucking good. So I wouldn't say it's having to carry the show, but it's a major part of it. And it's super interesting to watch. So I was like, you know, she went from the least interesting to look at to, you know, a main fucking character in the show. Not like just her funny one liners and her zingers like this whole Kravis storyline is fucking fascinating from just watching her find her true love, which is amazing, but also how that gets navigated with her kids and the show, like the last episode of the Kardashians, she like calls out the editing of her own engagement and was like, this was shitty that it was all about like Scott, like that should have been a separate episode. And I was like, yes, yes, it absolutely. By the way, as a side note, that absolutely should have been. I completely agree. Like, of course, when they got engaged, we're all thinking, oh, my God, what does Scott think? But I think the engagement was interesting in its own right. I don't think that we needed the Scott storyline to have made the Kravis proposal interesting, you know? So it was really funny. I went from, you know, a Courtney whatever to a hardcore Courtney stand. So a lot can change over 100 episodes of a podcast. It was also funny because I talked about how I was really just trying to not edit the podcast. And I was like, oh, so I've always been lazy. Like, I didn't even start the podcast being like, I'm going to be really good at editing it. I was like, right. So I'm glad that still stands. But what else was really interesting 
you know, and, and I know I've talked about this a lot, but I think that one of the reasons people love this podcast, and I feel like I always say that, it's like I'm trying to give you reasons to fall in love with me, which, listen, that is a strategy of mine, not saying it's ever worked, but, you know, I'll, I will give you reasons to love me. But I will say that I think that the relationship talk has always been something really interesting on this podcast from dating Jimmy breaking up with Jimmy, you know, being single and figuring that out, like getting over Jimmy, getting back out there, meeting Scotland, falling in love with Scotland, Scotland breaking up with me and that whole thing playing out. So I think relationships have always been this really interesting cornerstone of the podcast. And what I thought was so fascinating was I said in the first episode, I was like, there's no way Jimmy's ever going to listen to this podcast. And I just found that so interesting because at the time, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal. And it's really interesting that sometimes you don't know that you're missing something in your life until like someone else gives it to you, you know? So at the time I was like, okay, it's, it's whatever. Like it hurt kind of a little bit, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. It's normal. Like he talks to me every day. Like, why would he want to listen to my podcast? And then I dated Scotland who talked to me literally four times a day and was the first person to listen to my podcast. It would come out Tuesdays at 9 p.m. and I would talk to him at like, you know, eight in the morning on Wednesday and he had already had listened to it. So, you know, and that was so important to me. And I think that's why it's so good to look at relationships that way in a growth perspective from, you know, I thought I was going to totally marry Jimmy and that would have been awful. <laughs> and there were things that I didn't realize that I was missing at the time or things that I didn't think really mattered until I was single and dating again. And so, you know, I always talk about the power of pushing through dating because it's really fucking hard. It really is that I'm back on the apps and like barely, you know, I'm really half ass in it because I, I can't decide if I'm ready. Honestly, I feel like I have to stop in my mind waiting for Scotland to like show up like just randomly, you know. But like I said earlier in the podcast, my dad told me over it. So um, <laughs> I, I have to stop making up dream scenarios in my head where everything's better and, and we're back together and I need to like gear up to move on. But anyways, all that is to say that I was back and I saw the same shit I was talking shit about in the beginning about people being like, Oh, I'm not really sure what I want, but I want kids. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What do you mean you don't know what kind of relationship you want, but you know you want kids? That was like one of my favorite, I'm sorry, what moments of the podcast. And it's really funny that it hasn't changed. So apparently all these guys are not seeing the podcast. I don't know why. I feel like it would be very helpful, very strategic. Like if you're a single man, I think you should listen to the I'm sorry, what podcast. I give a lot of good insight. I think it would be very helpful. But one of my favorite things about the podcast was what was my very first I'm sorry what moment of the podcast. And it was people spelling my name wrong in specifically in professional emails. And it was cracking me up because I talked about how much it used to drive me fucking nuts when people spell my name wrong in my high school yearbook. And I, it still makes me mad. Like, I hope those people who spelled my name wrong in my high school yearbook, like, you know, I hope they're doing well, but not great. 
You know what I mean? I hope there's like a minor setback in their life because it was written on front of the yearbook and we have been going to school together for four fucking years and I have always been this loud. I've always been this loud and extra. There's no way you didn't know how to spell my name. But on a professional fucking email, I just find it so insane that you can't like just look at my email and see it's Ashley with two E's, you know? It's insane. So I stand by that I'm sorry what moment. And if you didn't know, the very first I'm sorry what moment that I ever did on the YouTube channel was wearing white to weddings. So I feel like both those things are very fitting. And it was just really fun to get to go back to episode one. So, I mean, I don't know when you start listening to the podcast, if you guys go back and listen to old ones, but starting at one and getting to 100 would be a very fun journey. And uh, it's kind of funny to like relive those quote unquote historical moments. You know, I mean, Kourtney Kardashian saying she was quitting the keeping up the Kardashians was that was a historical moment. And it's fun to like relive those. <laughs> it's crazy. to think we went through like a whole fucking panorama in the time of this podcast as well. Like it was just really crazy to hear about like casually going out like it's so normal you know like I was like oh I was at the gym doing a workout class I'm like remember that I know you can do that now but I just haven't and am I gonna blame that on the pandemic still absolutely let me be me let me be me okay before I get into telling you all about my you know like origin story and kind of talking about how this podcast came about I also wanted to share something that I'm already a bad god mom because as we know, the 99th episode of the podcast got re-recorded. And in the first episode, my sister had given birth. So like I talked about that in that podcast episode. But by the second one, you know, it had passed. And I kind of, for I remember talking about it. And I thought that was on the 98th episode, but it wasn't. It was on that canceled 99th episode. So that means that I have not announced on the podcast that I have a full-blown niece. I have a goddaughter Madison she is so cute I held her like she was born on I believe Wednesday and then I held her on Friday she was so tiny it was so scary but also I loved it it was so fun she's so little I haven't seen her since which is super sad but my sister is a rock star and she birthed a child which I just I mean, I honest to God don't think it gets any more bad bitch than shoving a human out of your vagina. Like literally when I talk to my friends who have kids, I'm like, you can do anything. Holy shit. You're a mom and you did that. That's just so fucking incredible to me. And, you know, it was funny because when she was born, well, I called my mom to check in because, you know, with COVID, there can only be two people like really there in the visiting room and stuff and whatever. And so obviously my brother-in-law and my mom were there. And I called my mom just to check in because I hadn't heard for a while. And she's like, oh, my gosh, she's coming. And I was like, see, it was me. Like, listen, the amount of people who text me, like, congratulations, or I'll just be in conversation. They're like, oh, congratulations. And I'm like, on what? And they're like, oh, on your niece. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know I'd be getting this level of street cred as well. I would have been telling Matt to knock up my sister way earlier. I know I was going to get this kind of street cred, all these congratulations. I was like, oh, shit, do I get presents? Like, am I getting, like, congratulations on being an anti-presence? I'm ready. I'll do a baby registration right now. You know I'm going to have to be getting my crafting on with her. Like, it's going to be good. So, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, well, I te- my mom texted us and, you know, said that. And I was like, how's Jillian? And, like, nothing. Silence, right? 
And then she sends me a photo of Matt. It's like, no offense. I love my brother-in-law very much, but I don't fucking care. Where's my sister? How is she doing? She shoved a human out. So finally, obviously got the answer that she did amazing. And sounds like she was a total rock star. And I know she's going to be a really, really great mom. And I am so excited to be a godmom. I know I've talked about this before, but like I had the best godmom growing up. And I'm so excited to get to live up to that title. And, um, you know, she's really cute. And it's kind of crazy to have like a baby in the family. Like, that's so wild. I feel like I was prepped because my friends started to have kids. But uh, yeah, it's totally crazy. Our group chat is just just photos of of Madison now. And I'm not complaining. It's really it's super cute. So anyways, I'm really sorry. I got in trouble. Sorry, Madison. Um, but you got your debut on the 100th episode of the podcast. And I think that's pretty badass. Hi friends, I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this, I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love and honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better and I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie and then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up and the ice roller just does just that and it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. If by some miracle I wake up tomorrow, my voice is back, I'll definitely be re-recording the podcast. But if not, I do still think this is like a very funny story that like I lost my voice for this that I was so hyped about. But honestly, I think it it really kind of speaks to a very long theme of my life, which is overcoming hardships. I think that's the theme of a lot of people's lives. And so, you know, I thought it would be interesting to tell a little bit more of my own story and things, you know, I'm sure there's things that you've already heard or things that I've alluded to. But, you know, I find it so fascinating to have made it this far. Like, and I know fascinating is kind of a weird word, but, you know, I always just find it so crazy how people are able to just like, pursue and like persevere and you know I it's hard because you I think a lot of people have this I mean there's a whole fucking word for it the imposter syndrome it's really hard to look back at your life and be proud of your own accomplishments and you know I think that maybe if I can sit here on the podcast and do it then maybe you can do it for yourself too so um obviously I'm not gonna go all the way fucking back to like emerging from my mom's stomach. I was a C-section baby. 
So I didn't, and maybe that's where all my problems stemmed. You know, I wasn't a natural vagina birth. I'm just kidding. That's not a shade to any C-sections. I just love to tell that joke. But um, I I thought I would be more interesting to kind of start with the Crohn's journey. Uh, You know, so I got Crohn's when I was 15 or 16 years old. I think 15 because then I turned 16 right after. But, you know, being that young, I it it was really hard for me because I had to really advocate for myself at a young age. Like, I mean, not to get too graphic, but people always want to know. I don't know why. But people do want to know the dirty details. I'm not going to get super into it. But like the way I knew that I had Crohn's was like I bleed when I like would poop. And the doctors were like, oh, you just have a cut on your butt. It's like it was so easy to believe that, you know, a kid's just kind of like lying to get out of school. Not me. Not me. I loved school because I always had this path in my head and I wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to college so bad. And I was like. I wasn't very good at school. I wasn't super book smart. And so, you know, I I knew that I had to show up. Like, I wasn't going to get to not show up. So I, I was a fucking nerd, perfect attendance. And I wanted to win that award at the end of high school where you, like, had perfect attendance. And I was super bummed. Obviously, I got really sick and I was in and out of the hospital. So I missed a ton of school. And that was super shitty. But anyways, um, still better. But anyways... So, you know, I had to really advocate for myself. And I think what was hard was at that time, like I said, I really hated missing school. I um, I always had this path in my head of going to college. I wanted to end up being like an interviewer on TV. But I always thought my path would start in radio or in writing. Um, I wanted to write an advice column. So I always had Ask Ashley in my mind. And I believe I started the blog in college and then moved it to YouTube later, like sophomore year, junior year. Then I'm sorry what, you know, came out, which I think I'm spoiling my journey on this. But anyways, so, you know, I was in school and at the time I was in this marketing club called DECA that, you know, my dad talked about. And that's how he met my mom and that in that episode that I have him on. Uh, But my sister was really fucking good at this, too. So, you know. I was kind of this deck of prodigy. And I know I made this joke with my dad that I like failed that. And I, I did, but I tried really hard not to. And so in this time of me being sick, and I was also on the soccer team at school at the time, and I didn't like missing practices. Like I just hated missing things. I just felt like I always wanted to show up for my team. And, you know, for school, I was parts of clubs and I wanted to be there and all this stuff. So I didn't I never like to let other people down, you know. And so in this process, finally, I got someone to take me seriously. And, you know, I had to get a colonoscopy. It was disgusting. Um, (laughs) And I remember the doctor like talk about body like dysmorphia back in the day the doctor was like drawing a picture and he like made the body really big because he was trying to draw intestines and I was like is that how big you think I am he was like oh my god I'm trying to like this is not to scale I'm trying to draw your intestines to explain what Crohn's is uh (laughs) even now I probably couldn't fucking tell you I think I always tell someone it's like this is my answer oh you have Crohn's what's that it's something in your stomach don't google it (laughs) uh it's very embarrassing you know that that's kind of what I always always say but anyways uh you know and getting sick and 
I really still wanted to be an athlete and I wanted to go to school. So I specifically remember there was a time I was in the hospital and I was like, you have to get me out by 3 p.m. I have to make it to this conference. And the doctor's looking at me like I'm fucking nuts. And I was like, no, I'm being so serious right now. And sure enough, and I was like, mom, you have to bring my business outfit because I had to be dressed. For DECA, you always had to be in business attire. And I literally got in a full fucking pantsuit after like spending the night in the hospital and I made it there and I went to the conference and it was all good. Um, but I just, I, I wanted to be there. And I think one of the hardest parts of being sick was the sports part. You know, I really, I always wanted to be a really good athlete, but my body was never quite there, but I tried really hard. I think in soccer, you know, I was talking to my dad about this. I was like, do you remember me being good at all? Cause I have no memory of, memory of me not sucking ass at soccer but I know I had to have been good at some point because you know not like great but like good like there had to be a reason I kept playing you know I do remember I think as long as I wasn't on defense which I did play in high school like I thought I was better but anyways the point is is that in the middle of me you know going through this and getting sick I was still playing sports and this is when one of the most important messages was told to me and it changed my entire life and I think about it almost every day and it was my dad telling me that you know I was different now and my body wasn't the same as all the other 15 16 year old girls around me and I was gonna have to work harder in order to keep up I was gonna have to work harder you know to just be equal but I was gonna have to work even harder to be amazing which is you know, not verbatim what he said, but basically he was like, you know, you're different now. When they run one lap, you have to run two. If they're doing one mile, you're doing two. You know, it was like you always had to do a little bit extra because your body was like already at, you know, a, a back point. And so I took that with me forever. And I'll talk about later, like how it kind of comes back in when I was in college. But, you know, I look at that in life too. It's like, you know, sometimes in order to get what you want, you just have to work a little bit harder. And I believe that about happiness, too, because I think that happiness, you know, is one of those things that we think we should just have. But honestly, you kind of have to work at it. And, you know, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or any other mental health disease, you have to work a little bit harder at it. It's not going to come as natural. And you should keep people in your life that enhance your happiness, but people aren't going to make you happy. You make you happy and they help you get there. But at the end of the day, it's you. And so you might have to work a little bit harder. You might have to do more therapy than someone else, or you might have to have more tools in your toolbox than somebody else. But that's so important to have. And it was super life changing. And so, you know, when I got sick, one of the hardest parts was my friendships. So I ha was in this group this like girl group, you know, everyone's got a little clickaroo. And I was in this clique of five girls and one of them being my best friend, Jenna, that we've heard about on the podcast. And I was on prednisone at this time. And so I was in a really bad place. Like I full blown wanted to like take my own life. I was like not happy. And, you know, the prednisone does like one of two things. It's either like a major upper or a major downer. So I really had the major downer side. And you know, it was really hard for me to like get through the day to day. And I was still processing how to talk about being sick. Like, 
did I make it my whole personality and talk about it all the time? Or do I like pretend like it didn't happen? Which for me, was so outgoing and likes to talk. You know, I really, I talked about it a lot. And I think that bothered them. And I think they didn't know how to handle it. I mean, they were also 15, 16, you know. And so a couple of the girls called up Jenna and said, you know, we're, we're not going to be friends with Ashley anymore. This is just too much. Like, we just can't deal with it. And they're like, you know, I, I think you shouldn't be friends with her too. And Jenna was like, absolutely not, you know. And clearly that's why we are still best friends today. And I am one of the bridesmaids in her wedding. And, you know, I will never not be grateful for her in that moment. And it changed the way I looked at friendships also. You know, I think I've always been a very good friend and like, really honored friendship but like it completely changed it for me like for me now being you know having good friends and being a good friend was just so incredibly important to me and I brought that into you know I think most of the relationships of my life which has been great I just think that's also really important is that you have to keep people around you that are gonna be with you in the good and the bad times I know people always joke it's like oh you want to know who your real friends are it's like have a death in your family or, you know, like have a tragic accident or something. And people are like, OK, do we have to go through something that big? And it's like, no, you don't. You should be able to spot it out. But I'm telling you right now, it's crazy. Like you think that something really bad is going to happen to you. And you're like, oh, my friends are going to be there. And like, they're not. And it's OK. I don't hold grudges against those girls. I can see it's like you're young. You didn't know how to handle it. It wasn't for you. And that's fine. I had Jenna. And, you know, it's why I always will like stay true and loving my little Mormon friends because they stood by me as well. And I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, it was this big moment. But what's interesting is I kept thinking, you know, at some point, this is going to be a story that I tell that's going to help somebody. Like at some point, I'm going to have the platform to tell this story and it's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And it's crazy right now to me because I'm like look I have that platform someone could easily listen to this podcast you know that got sick or is getting sick or is going through something and I can be like listen I got through it and you know this friendship part that really hurt but you know what those people you don't need them you don't need those kind of people in your life and it's good that they showed you your true colors and you don't need to rely on them anymore you're good you know so anyways then I was really excited to go to school and I was like really back and forth about going to Sonoma State or going to Sacramento State and I ended up choosing Sonoma State because uh, they had I had seen that they had a radio program and you could do college radio and I don't know if Sacramento probably had the same thing but it was on Sonoma State's pamphlet and they had lacrosse and at that point I had been playing lacrosse for four years in high school and I loved it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Also, I will say this. One of the girls who was super mean to me, she was going to Sac State, but another one of the girls was going to Sonoma State. And so I had to sit there and decide. I was like, who was the worst of the two? Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and act like that wasn't a, an elaborate part of this journey. I was like, shit, like, who do I want to go to school with again? And, and I was like, you know what? Picking the lesser of the two evils and actually the other girl and I ended up becoming friends again and she's great and I wish her nothing but happiness. But I, it really pushed me was this radio program and, and being able to play lacrosse. So anyways, then I was off to become a Seawolf at Sonoma State University, which was literally the best four years of my life. I am so grateful. You know, 
I immediately was super nervous because it's really scary when you're like sick and going to a new school, you know, and it's scary going to a new school in general. But I was like, oh, my God, are the girls going to like hate me? You know, are they going to think I'm weird when I have to be in the bathroom all the time? And of course, right off the bat, um, I mean, I'm not saying that we became besties immediately, but I did get to meet what is now one of my lifelong best friends and biggest supporter. And, you know, I, I don't know how I got so lucky with Julie, who lived in my same um, dorm at the time. And, you know, it, it was amazing. And I she taught me so much and gave me so much like confidence and was honestly the best, best friend now and then that I could have asked for. And it was amazing. And, you know, I did end up playing lacrosse at college and it was really, really fun. And, you know, that came with its own hardships of being sick and having to really navigate this whole other life of figuring out, like coming back home for my treatment. So basically I was getting medication through an IV at the time. So I would like drive all the way back to Livermore to do them at first. And then I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to do this like all by myself up in Sonoma County. And I got a new doctor who I loved, Dr. Pompa, shout out. He was my favorite doctor I think I've ever had. Um, he would gossip with me and I love that. So, and he listened to me on the radio when towards the end there, which was really cool. So anyways, um, one of the, there were so many amazing moments from college and obviously one of the other major life-changing ones. I met so many amazing people. But I met Eloy and, you know, Eloy is a big friend of the podcast. I've had him on here, I believe, twice now, maybe three times. And he is so fucking talented. And luckily I met him and we started doing college radio together and we hosted our first um, show, radio show together called Red Carpet Ready. And it was the best time of my life. And it totally solidified to me that I was on the right path. I was like, this is absolutely what I should be doing. I felt it. I felt good the minute I was behind a microphone. I was like, oh, my God, this all totally makes sense. I love this. He was the best fucking co-host I ever could have asked for. It was so much fun. And, you know, we had a professor named Nate Campbell who was amazing. And he was like, you know, he saw the potential in me immediately. And I got really lucky to have a professor, you know, and I I never don't think I I don't think I told him this. I don't think I told him enough, like how amazing it was to have this professor who like truly believed in me and he helped me him and there was another student with um his name was joey and he was the general manager at the time of the station and when he was getting ready to graduate you know he him and and they had me step into the general manager role which was so cool and i loved it so much and you know they both really believed in me and i will always be grateful for that always like when I talk about my journey and me going here, like those two men are like leading in that story, you know, and it's so important to me that, you know, they get mentioned in this. And, you know, I mean, the number one is always going to be Eloy because, you know, he really helped me build a voice and we got to do it together, which was so cool and like unique. And I am am just so grateful for that. And it was really fucking fun, obviously. And so I love doing that. And like I said, I played lacrosse through this also. And one of the other like kind of hardships that happened, which I laugh at now, I know it's not funny, but I mentioned it before that I, I got several concussions to the point where I almost didn't graduate from college. And I don't know, like this doesn't get talked about in my family life because I don't know if I like really told anybody 
or and honestly i wouldn't remember if i did because i was so brain damaged which is not funny but i have to laugh through it but basically you know i i was it was my senior year and i got hit pretty hard in the head and i had been hit a bunch of times but um this one was really bad and i was having like this memory loss and just really hard time concentrating and uh, my vision was kind of blurry and all this stuff and yes i was still working at chipotle at the time and cutting chicken which is really dangerous looking back on it um they did send me home one day uh, and and anyways that's not a chipotle thing that's just an ashley thing so basically i had my final comms class and i failed a test and i was like doing really bad i was doing really well in the class to begin with and then I got the concussion. I was doing really, really bad. And luckily for me, I had had that professor before. And this is why you should be like nice to your professors and like make sure they know you because he could spot out that this like wasn't me. And that was very nice. His name is Marco. I'm trying to remember his last name. And we were not supposed to call him Marco, but like I think we just did behind his back. And so now that's all I remember. I know it starts with a C, but he was also a really great professor. And I had a really good, I will say I had a really good communications professors at Sonoma State. Ed B. Bout was another one. He was amazing. Um, but anyways, so I like I chatted with him after class and I was like, I'm so sorry. I got a concussion playing lacrosse and like, is there any way I can, you know, kind of make up these tests or whatever? And so I don't exactly remember what we did if I like retook them or what happened. But, you know, it was one of those things where it was me like overcoming another injury, you know, being like, Okay, how do I how do I do this? I'm not going to not graduate from college because I got hit in the head with a fucking lacrosse stick because some bitch couldn't like get out of my way. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's my competitive lacrosse like creeping out. But anyways, so, you know, it was I, that is all to say, like it wasn't this easy graduation journey. And also college wasn't easy in general. I know people are like, you're a communications major. It's like, hey, fuck off, you know? But it was it was really it was it was scary there for a minute. And in college, I had some fun internships. I entered at a radio station and then I also moved to L.A. for a summer. Uh, this is pre concussions because I really wanted to still do the Ask Ashley blog, you know. So I always thought that I would need to do it in a fashion magazine like 17 or something. So I wanted to have the upper hand and try to intern in fashion as well. So I took a fashion internship in L.A. and the girls were so mean to me not my other intern was super nice but I you know we interviewed over the phone this was like not a zoom time you know and they didn't know what I looked like and I think as a bigger girl you know I was not very accepted I felt very picked on and I didn't feel like I was given the same opportunities like I steamed so much and the other girl was getting to do like social media and things like that like things I really wanted to do and writing and stuff but I was steaming and I always felt like listen I can't say that that's why but that's what I always felt and so that was like kind of crazy and then I was like okay the fashion industry might not be for me right now I mean these days it's getting a lot more inclusive so I feel like it'd be really fun to go back but you know at the time it was just different and uh, I came back and to school and this is when I got the concussions and all this and anyways before I was graduating from college I had started working at Y100.9, all the hits, not just some of them. Uh, my favorite origin story of my life, which was working at 
the radio station and I was doing promotions. I was just a little street team gal. I would go out to events and I was crazy. I was working like I was going to school. Lacrosse season had ended. No, and it almost ended, but we made it to championships. So there was so I was like going to school, going to practice, working at Chipotle and working at the radio station, like all at the same time, which was so wild, like figuring out how to graduate and having a concussion and dealing with all that. And it ended up being, you know, really fun. And I made it through and I loved it. And then, you know, I started working at the radio station and really early on into being there, I just walked up to Dre Lopez, who was the program director at the time. And I was like, hi, I'm Ashley. I think I'm hilarious. And I really think I could be on air. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know what the steps are, but whatever they are, I'm willing to do it. I, I just think, and I, I swear to God, and I'm sure Dre would back me up on this. I said, like, I think I'm hilarious and I think you should put me on air. And so, you know, he had me train and do some testing and, and all this stuff. And then one day um, he was like, OK, I'm going to have you come in and do just, you know, celebrity sleaze gossip on my show. And I was like, OK, so I was only coming in just to do the small segments. So I would get up like 6 a 5 a.m. to get there at 6, whatever. I didn't live that far away. I was just nervous. And um I would get up and I would do the celebrity sleaze segment on the show and slowly but surely he'd have me stay on for other segments. And then eventually I became the other half of Dre Lopez in the morning with Ashley Sleek. And it was just the greatest time of my life. Dre taught me so much and Natalie and Amber. But, um, you know, working with Dre and being on the morning show like I was living my dream. And at the time, you know, you kind of like don't see it that way because you're so hungry for what's next, what's ne what's next, that it's hard to realize, you know, oh, my God, you're doing it. This is what you've been talking about doing since you were a kid. And it's happening like you are literally doing your dream. You're living your dream right now. It's happening at this very moment. And I loved it. And I did it for about five years and then I ended up taking a job in Eugene, Oregon. And I that was really tough. Obviously, the stingray shit happened in between that. We don't have to get into that. But like, I did almost die and have to overcome that adversity. Here we go. Um, but I don't know if adversity is the right word. But you know, I overcame that whatever. And I moved to Oregon. And you know, Oregon was this really dark turning point in my life. And I got really depressed up there. I was feeling really, really sick. Right before I had gone to Oregon, I got diagnosed with lupus and fibromyalgia. And the thing was, was that when I went to Oregon, I was still on my parents' insurance, but there wasn't like a Kaiser in Eugene. It was like farther away. And I didn't care about myself enough to take care of myself. And I was just in this really bad headspace. So I was feeling sick physically and mentally. And I was starting to miss a bunch of work. And I was really disappointed in the job that I was doing. And, you know, there was other conflicts I had, you know, with some of my coworkers that wasn't making it easy for me. And I was having a really hard time fitting in. And I made, you know, one of the toughest decisions of my life, which was to leave radio and come back home with no job prospects, move back in with my parents and figure it out. And luckily, I got really blessed that I was able to stay voice tracking for Medford um, station where in voice tracking is basically I was just recording the show from my house and submitting it and all this stuff. But, you know, this is something that I'm still getting over to this day. It's really hard 
to pivot away from your dream job. And it's really hard to choose your like life, I guess, over the job, you know, and that's what I was doing. I was it's the first time I feel like I really, really chose myself and it felt weird because it didn't feel like that's what I was doing, but it was what I was doing. I was saying like, I can't handle this right now and it's okay. And I think it's haunted me for a really long time. But, you know, I'm getting to the point where I don't see it as this like major failure, but as this like big turning point where I chose myself and I did it. And it was really cool that I made the move to Oregon. And I always joke about how, you know, I think I wasn't a Ducks fan, so I didn't really fit in. It's not that I wasn't a fan. I just like didn't care. And I was on K-Duck and even the homeless people in Eugene wear Ducks gear. So it's like really hard when you don't fit in. But basically, you know, this was like a really hard time for me and I had to like figure out how to make myself happy. So I moved home and I started a podcast with my sister because we both lived at home at the time. Um, It had several different names. I don't even remember where it started. I think the Jill and Ash just a podcast. And then I think it went to the Real Sisters, which I think is where it ended. Honestly, I feel like we changed one more time. I don't even remember. It was a really good time. And, you know, this sparked me to to want to love podcasting again and, and just miss radio in that world. And so, you know, I told my sister, I was like, I'm going to start. I started my own podcast called The Ashley Sleek Show, which I forgot about until I was listening to episode one of this podcast. And then I decided, you know what? I loved I'm sorry what the YouTube series, I'm going to bring it back and do this podcast. And I remember I was really nervous because everybody was saying, you have to have a niche. You have to have a niche. Like every podcast is like, it's either about murder or it's self-help or, you know, it's celebrity gossip. And, you know, a lot of my life had been around celebrity gossip and I love that, but I didn't want that to be this. I wanted it to be like a morning radio show because in morning radio, we would talk about celebrity gossip, but we'd also talk about what's happening in the news. We would talk about what's happening in our own lives. You know, I wanted it to be formatted like that. And I was really nervous that the podcast was like never going to get listeners or go anywhere because everybody was like, you gotta have a niche, you gotta have a niche. And it's like, I'm my own niche. Like, I think that what I have to say is interesting enough that people will listen to it. Like, of course, I'm going to talk about, you know, like I say in the intro, Kylie being pregnant. But I want to talk about being on Bumble. I want to talk about how hard it is to be in the dating world. I want to talk about how my heart was broken and I'm putting it back together. But I also want to talk about weddings. I want to talk about my friends. I want to talk about my friends having babies and growing up and navigating the hard parts. I want to talk about depression and I want to talk about being so fucking happy. I want to talk about being a bad bitch. I want to talk about how I listen to Lizzo to get pumped up every day. Like these are all the things I wanted to talk about. And thank you all so much for listening and giving me the space to talk about everything. I just wanted it to feel like you were on the phone with your best friend and she was telling you about her fucking shit and it was making you smile but you also felt like she was there to support you and hold your hand through whatever you're going through. So that's really what this podcast is about. It's about us getting through life together and we're doing it. And of course, like, like I said, as I'm sitting here joking about this and I've literally had to, I think I've stopped this podcast. So it's 640 right now. And I started recording this at five and I'm not joking. (laughs) And we've had to stop and have little like, oh my God, can I, can I talk? Can I talk? Like, breaks in between this but I'm so excited to be here and you best believe I'm giving you a 100th episode I'm sorry what moment 
It might take me another 30 minutes, not of your time, but of my time. But I want to talk about this. First of all, so I hope this was interesting for you to hear a little bit about my journey. I'm not going to sit here and write you the whole story, but more to talk about these moments that I thought I was going to give up. These times that I thought my life was so over and how I didn't let it be. You know, there was always something deep inside me that was like, no, I want you to do this. I want you to be on the radio. I want you to graduate from college. I want you to graduate from high school. I want you to have good friends. I want you to thrive in your life. I want you to have the right relationship and be happy. And that voice inside of you, sometimes she's so quiet. He, she, or they are quiet and you can't hear them because your negative thoughts are so much louder than that little voice telling you you're going to get through it. But she or he or they, they're there, that voice inside of you, it's there. And and sometimes you just have to choose to listen to it. And so I just wanted to tell you about my journey of choosing to be here and do 100 episodes with you guys and how I made it here and how I wasn't going to let me losing my voice, which is the main fucking part about doing a podcast, keep me from doing a podcast. <laughs> oh my God, it's really going now. Okay, well, I want to get into my last I'm sorry what moment this week because I think it'll be funny. But I want to talk about how expensive it is to be single. Oh, my God. Listen, because here's the thing. My dad was like, bitch, you know, he didn't say that, but it was very like, get your shit together. And I was like, "Okay, you're right. You're right. You know, I got my shit together. There is a part of me, which is why I was like talking about the Oregon stuff that I was like, "Okay, I can't end up like I did when I lived alone in Oregon. Like, I want to be happy, want to be good. But like, you know, I got to do that for myself. My dad's like. You know, he always tells me, like, join a club. My dad's deal is, like, every time I'm single, he thinks I should go back to school. Like, he's like, oh, just take a class. Maybe we'll meet someone there. And I'm like, I think I've talked about this before, but it just cracks me up every fucking time because I was like, I went to Sonoma State for four years and I never had a boyfriend. (laughs) That's not true. I'm sorry. I had one at the very end. But I found him at Chipotle, not at fucking Sonoma State. So I don't know why he thinks. But then when I talk about being lonely, he's like, join a club and make some more friends. And I was like, Dad, do you want me to be in more weddings? Like, you know, but anyways, but he was right about the whole like getting out and doing things. He's like, you live in Campbell. It's so fun. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do fun shit, you know? So like I said, I did this a couple weeks ago. I took myself to solo brunch. So I want to do that again. But I was like, oh my God. And I was like, maybe this should be my thing. Like I go to solo brunch every weekend and it makes me happy and something I do by myself and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, but I have to pay for that. I have to pay for that. And then... It's like, you know, I go out being a third wheel, you know, I'm so used to being like, oh, let's just split the bill evenly. You know, it's so easy because I had, you know, like, you know, boyfriend back then. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't. It's three of us, which no one makes me do it, by the way. But I was like, oh, or I just miss having someone to like cover my part. It's not the reason to get a boyfriend, but I'm just saying, I mean, specifically, I was dating Jimmy for so long and like his whole like trauma is that like his parents always bought him presents. So he thought money could fix every problem, which I didn't enjoy, except for like when we were out to eat, I never had to pay. Like that was cool. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I don't necessarily mean that, but it's just like I'm trying to do good things for myself. So it's like, okay, I'm trying to pump myself out. So I'm like, okay, I need a new outfit. Money. I need to take myself on dates and love myself. Money. And then it's like, you got to live by yourself. Money 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 and then like i don't know who the fuck is playing these games or like oh yeah i just go to bars and guys buy drinks for me who who what when where and how like not me could not be me like oh no 
I don't go out that often, but I was like, I am buying my own drinks. Am I playing the game wrong? Can someone teach me how to play? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, oh my God, this shit's so expensive. Like, I'm out here trying to be happy and I'm like paying the money for it. You know what I mean? No wonder people's weddings are so expensive because they were single for so long and they were like, you know what? No, this is my moment. I spent money on being single for so long. You spend money on my happiness and I fucking respect it. Also, though, they spend a lot of money on you. Like, do you know how much it costs to, like, feed somebody at a wedding? Anyways, I digress. We're not, this is not the point of the podcast today. The point is, is that being single is st- stupid expensive and I don't fucking like it. Okay? And it has nothing to do with me needing a man or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, treating yourself to solo dates... You know, at least with a boyfriend, you like split, like switch it up. Like, okay, I pay, you pay. Ain't nobody switching it up with me. I pay, I pay. There's always, there's a couple boyfriends that do like feel bad for me, you know, like of my best friends and they'll like pay for me, which is really sweet, but I don't need that. But it's just so, it's so funny to me. Like I really wasn't thinking about it until I went to brunch and then I was like, this is such a great idea. I'm going to do this all the time. And I was like, bitch, with what money? What you doing that for? Crazy, crazy girl. So I'm sorry, what? I think that single people should get an allowance from the government. I just think that should be fair. Listen, Ashley, 2024. I'm just kidding. I would stay. I would never do politics. But uh, I just I just I had that joke around with the head. And this was like a very serious podcast. So I wanted to end it with something like funny and lighthearted. Hopefully you think I'm funny. I think I'm funny. Trey Lopez thought I was funny. And that's how this whole career started. So if you don't, you can thank him for giving me the confidence giving me the false confidence that I was like fucking hilarious. (laughs) You guys, it's episode 100. I really powered my ass through this episode. And I hope that you still listen, even though I've got squeaky, scary voice. And listen, I'm putting a reminder right now in my notes on my iPad, like episode 101, I will tell you the story from the hairdresser. So I've got a little teaser for you. Like, I mean, I guess it's not as juicy. No, whatever, Ashley, play it up. Do marketing. You're marketing. It's fucking the most juicy story you're ever going to fucking hear in your life. So make sure you tune into the next episode of I'm Sorry What the Podcast. By the way, if you could please like, comment, subscribe, and download. Share this podcast with a friend. This is my goal. I would really, really love to average at like 100 downloads a week. Right now I'm at 93 And I know that you listen to other podcasts that have like thousands and thousands and we'll get there. We'll get there. But we're setting our baby goals. Baby goals, 5K on TikTok, 100 average downloads a week. Those are my 2022 goals. There are a lot of projects ahead for I'm Sorry What, so please keep listening. I promise it's going to get better. And thank you for being on this journey with me to 100. I am so proud of this podcast. Oh my God, now I'm going to cry. Oh my God, with this voice. Oh my God, this is like so tragic, but hilarious. But anyways, I just, I have had this really amazing life and it's had its struggles, but you know, gotten through every single one. And I really was so afraid that I was never going to have something like being on radio and getting to do this podcast really like brings me so much joy. It's gotten me through so much and you guys have gotten me through so much and thank you for taking time out of your life to listen to my podcast and I love you all so 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 much and I just want you to know that I did end the podcast this way on podcast one so this has stayed the whole time and it was because I couldn't figure out how to say goodbye so I just awkwardly hit you guys with this okay bye (laughs)